0: It's Thursday night, and it's time to ask the question once again. What's the buzz? Hello, everybody. I'm Mad Dog. Scipio. Join us, as I am each and every week by the Pitbull, Amelia Pitbull Chapman for What's the Buzz. Amelia, how are you, young lady?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm amazing. Just look at me. Come on.
1: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Remarkable tonight. I've got my friend Brandon Keaton with me. Brandon came back two weeks in a row. It's amazing. Yay. <laughs> great guy. He has quickly become one of my best friends. He don't know it yet. Um, <laughs> before we start this show, um, I want to tell Brandon while he's here and so the other uh, remaining cast members uh, can appreciate this. Our last, our first show on Turbo Cola, we had the most of the cast there with us. Um, there were three that were absent. They were, were will be joining us tonight. Well, we, we don't think uh, Aaron will be here, but anyway. Long story short, um, the initial numbers that came in from that show were 340,000 listens. Wow. We capped off at 391,000 and change.
1: That's just awesome. short of
0: 400,000 globally. Nice. And That's Amelia awesome. knows this now. And I will tell you guys we are number one in Australia and New Zealand. We are the number one podcast. In Australia and New Zealand You can't make this shit up I promise you 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 just want to Welcome to WWTF Radio Network As I said Brandon Keaton's here And so that means only one thing It's turbo cola time baby
1: Absolutely I'm going
0: to tell you what Our first episode was remarkable I was only missing a couple of people But they were critical to speak to Critical. So Brandon, uh, he, he gathered them up for me, and we've got Brandon back. And let me introduce you to the remaining cast members. This is, uh, of course, ladies. We always go ladies first around here. Jordan Denning <laughs> plays MJ, Mary Jane Turbocola. She is uh, also known for Pam and Tommy, one of my favorite uh, miniseries on TV. It's a great film. I loved it. The Blue Rose and Discussion Materials, uh, among other uh, notable films she's been in. But Turbo Cola is the film of the moment for uh, our young Miss Denny. Welcome to the show. We'll get to yeah. you in a moment. And uh, Margomba. Margomba. <laughs> Anthony notorili. Anthony uh, plays the character of Eric in Turbo Cola. He's also known for Mayor of East Town. Um, you've done a lot of film work, Anthony, but a lot of it uncredited. I found this out today. Um, That's true. Yeah, I checked. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you've done a lot of work. A lot. You've been busy. Um, I'm going to talk about your character, a pivotal character too in Turbo. But before we do that, let's get to the man of the hour, Brandon Keaton. You play uh, Officer Scott. Uh, also, you are the producer of the film, Of one of the producers, I should say. Brandon is a former United States Marine, recently retired from active service. And he threw his life, body, and soul into film cinema, for which we are grateful. So let's just recap, Brandon, uh, for the people who may have missed the first uh, episode. Uh, Turbo Cola, without giving away the film, let's talk about the the basic story. Tell everybody what it's about.
2: Um, So the film is basically um, Clerks meets Ocean's Eleven. It's a heist at a gas station and uh, the uh, one of the reviewers called us Ocean 7-Eleven, which I loved, <laughs> and we, we are running with that. <laughs> yeah, I love um, it, great. And we've also been recently, and I didn't know this until uh, I think yesterday, that we were listed as, in some places, we're listed as a holiday movie. Uh, really? So on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes specifically, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see that we're listed as a holiday movie. Yeah. And although we're not a Christmas movie, I, which I think is good, there are a lot of Christmas movies out there yeah. and, and a lot of them are really good. There aren't that many New Year's part. There aren't that many New Year's movies. And I, I think we have an opportunity there, <laughs> marketing wise, <laughs> you know. It's so a strange year, kind of it's genre, part, isn't it? What's that?
0: It's a strange kind of genre, isn't it, Brandon?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, but uh, it's also fun because every year you can count down with the movie in real time exactly. to when something definitely happens at the stroke of midnight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have a young lady missing tonight. Her name's Erin Nordseth, and she plays the character of Mindy Morris, yep. uh, also known as the, the town's milf mom. Um she's not here tonight. She is on set at another film. Uh miscalculated is uh, is the film. She's um actually on set tonight doing that, so she may or may not join us. I don't know if she will, but just to let her know we are thinking about her tonight. Um, as we say ladies first. So um Amelia, yes. I'm gonna hand you over to the able bodied Jordan Denning. Go for
1: it. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. How, as far as making this film, how was it different from just regular other films? As far as I know that the genre was different, 1999, I know for me, I remember not using cell phones and I know using the phones and seeing phones How was it different compared to our era, now your era? Yeah, so that
3: was something we wanted to do justice to pay a lot of attention to with even like art department. I mean, we're working in a modern gas station. So we were wanting to make sure everything was Y2K looking. Um, but for us too, the most fun part was costuming it for it being in 1999 and having the nineties be such a popular trend coming back currently in fashion with shows like Euphoria really highlighting that um, we all got Liberty over kind of creating our costumes with the budget we were given. And um that was something really fun that I think all of us individually expressed our characters with. Um, and it was fun to see that kind of all come together. You know, Jimmy showing up in his like very gothic outfit. Anthony, you have one of my favorite costumes
1: I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was so yeah.
3: fun and it gave us such such authority over our characters and over the creative design of them. Cause yeah. um, something I was talking to our director a lot about was, was costuming and like how we as people, let alone as characters, express ourselves with our clothing. Um, so yeah, it was fun to do the research on that and to go back and watch some of our favorite movies, you know, from the '90s, and kind of get inspiration, whether it was from Jennifer Connelly or um, Molly Ringwald or you know, whatever kind yeah. of iconic mm-hmm. '90s um, heroes. To oh, Yeah, that was really yeah. Fun. The Breakfast oh, Club.
1: <laughs> yes, that was one of my favorites, especially since I graduated in 1990.
0: That I'm you. <laughs> Jordan. Um, You've done, and and Anthony as well, whoever wants to take this, uh, Jordan and Anthony, both of you have done uh, corporate film as well as independent. Talk to everybody watching this um, who may be considering a a career in film as an actor uh, about the freedoms and liberties allowed to you in independent film. How does it differ from the corporate structure?
4: anthony you want to take it sure yeah 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 um i i think for me the reason that i love like doing independent film even as i sort of like luckily get to like grow in certain areas of my acting career i always want to come back to indie films because i think the thing i love most about filmmaking is like that collaboration and i feel like you definitely felt that on turbo cola and sometimes when you do oh, yeah so, like, I, I've done studio television as opposed to studio, studio movies. Um, but I know it's, it's very much even on both sides. It's very much like, you know, they knock on my trailer. I come to set and I go back to my trailer at the end. Whereas something like Turbo Cola, you're really like entrenched in it. You know, like we're staying in hotels together. We're rehearsing the scenes in like the lobby of the hotel. Then we're getting to set. So we're sort of all cast and crew alike surrounded yeah. together throughout the whole process.
0: What Anthony is telling everybody is absolutely true. I have had, you believe it or not, I have had experience on set. You spend a lot of time in your trailer, a lot of time in the dressing room, and you spend an awful lot of time back at the hotel waiting for a call. You may be on set for five minutes, and then you go back to your wherever and spend a lot of time by yourself playing cards, eating, and drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah. That's what you do when you're on a film set. Television's a little different. Anthony, tell everybody the difference between, the primary difference in your opinion between television and film.
4: That's like such a loaded question. That's That's why I asked you, bro. I mean, I I just think time matters a lot more in something like television. So if you're in like a 30-minute show, you – don't really have a choice on how quickly like some lines need to come out of your face, you know, whereas like Mm. in Turbo Cola, when I have a a monologue at the end, that's like a page or two or whatever, I don't have to worry necessarily about like sticking it within a 30 minute or 23 minute time frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I think just like time and genre matter a whole lot in something like TV. Whereas I think in film, you can sort of like weave into different genres a little easier. You can take your time on stuff a little more. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, there's like a million other answers too. So I, that those are just two. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's what I noticed is, yeah. is, is the, exactly that.
0: How about for you, Jordan?
3: The, that same question? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like what Anthony's saying is very true. I think there's a, a freedom that comes with film that TV doesn't always allow for. And even for aspiring actors or working actors right now, Listening, like even in the audition process, I think it's very different how you audition for a feature film versus a studio television show. We're taught that, like with with television, it is it's like punctuation matters and pacing matters, and it is it's it's a very formulaic experience, and you really want to be tight on your lines. And I feel like with film, especially with indie film, it's obviously dependent on your director and your writer. But a lot of times there's more freedom to take things at your own pace to try different things yeah. to to improvise to change the lines around and i think that's something we all explored a lot working together yeah, as a, right. a castle right. our directors and producers were were really comfortable with was letting us kind of have you know doing a take for us after we knew we kind of got this this one take that we would ideally want um so yeah i think i think there is a, a freedom that comes with film that um that TV doesn't always make space for. I think as, as TV is evolving, these streaming platforms are making very cinematic film-like shows. I'm yeah. sure that crosses over more. But yeah, with my experience on some some studio TV, it's it's definitely quick and you're back to your trailer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's give a little, little shout out here. You were in, uh, in uh, Hulu's recent uh, miniseries, Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. It was uh, tongue-in-cheek, loosely based, very loosely based on uh, the uh, the Tommy and uh, and Pam Anderson, uh, Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson sex tape. Um, It was an interesting, a very interesting visual. Uh, Put it that way. Uh, You'll know (laughs) if you watch it. (laughs) You'll know I'm
2: Coca-Cola
0: a lot.
3: Yeah, that part that was um, just came through the agent that I had just recently signed with and it was an audition for a small part in the first episode and it was my first time working um, on, a, like a, on a studio set and so it was a really exciting experience. It was definitely a learning experience too and watching, it, it is such a machine when you're going on those sets. I mean, oh there boy. are hundreds if not a thousand people working, you know, it's, oh, it's yeah. a large production especially for a show like that but... It was really cool, and the in the segment I did in that is a flashback scene, so it takes place in the '60s. So going into hair, makeup, and wardrobe for that, similar to Turbo Cola being a period piece, I find that to be something that's really fun just to get into character. Um,
0: You can get lost in in a project like that. You really can. You can get lost in a hurry because you just become uh, like a cog in the wheel. This is you. You mentioned it perfectly. uh, Is that's a piece of machinery. That's just it. Just moves. It moves, and you're part of the, you know, one of the moving parts.
3: Yes.
0: Um, Brandon, sir, you're a guy who is, uh, was largely fearless. Uh, your former marine. You're a guy who likes to blow shit up, to use your words. Um, uh, you said you also said on the last program that you were petrified. Uh, among this crew of actors. Explain to me, because you, you play the, uh, a critical role here. Officer Scott is, of course, the, uh, the town's nice guy cop, um, one of, kind of one of the guys, you know, one of the boys. Um, but you have also the responsibility of pulling off the producer role of this. Um, did you have to walk a fine line between producer and actor? And if so, what? No,
2: not really. (laughs) Not really. Uh, I got to keep in mind that we were our own pandemic pod when we were filming this thing. We were the only people in the hotel and we were the only people uh, in the gas station at that time um, because the gas station was closed when we got there and then we would, you know, set things up to film. so there was really and that's one of the things that i liked about doing this particular project was sometimes when you go to a project there's there's a standoffishness between the cast and the crew yeah and there was i did not pick up on any of that if there was any um the cast and the crew all got along very well and it was sort of like we were in our own little you know, pot of misery with the food and the bad hotel, and you know, and the bad weather, of course, because it was winter in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's um, to the to uh, Jordan and Anthony's point earlier. When you're working the corporate film structure, there tends to be this, you know, them and us mentality: mm-hmm. the the suits, and then the yeah. talent. On an indie film, you have the great luxury of commingling the, the quote-unquote suits with the talent because you're all part of the same mechanism. You and, know, uh, as proof, you know, you're a producer, but you're playing an officer in the film. Um, yeah,
2: that was, uh, like I said, that was something that was that, I, that really scared me. I had been acting all of six months. When we did that scene <laughs> so, so these guys coming in as soon as nick opened his mouth i was like oh wow these yeah but these guys are good <laughs> yeah
0: well we should tell everybody that the film takes place entirely on location in a real mini mart yeah in new cumberland pennsylvania filmed entirely on location I believe if I if I remember right and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys started principal photography in 2020. Is that about right?
2: December of 2020. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, so you got you were right at the at the height of of the pandemic. Yep. Right. Uh, that was it had to make for interesting filming. Particularly in a, in a place like New Cumberland, PA, which I'm not entirely unfamiliar with, by the way. I actually know where the place is. Oh,
2: nice. What mini-mart
0: did you use? I, I, I wanted to ask you that the last time.
2: Uh, we used the one um, next to the Iron Bridge. You know where that okay. is? Wow, know you know what you're where talking
0: that
2: about? Is. Cool. Yeah, I actually
0: a- know where you're talking about.
2: Yeah, it's on Bridge Street. It's yes. the one next to the Iron Bridge all right
0: now let's talk about stories with the locals you guys have to have stories with the locals (laughs) and i see a little birdie told me so go ahead brandon fess up young man
2: well um it's funny because anthony actually Uh had a pretty cool story if you recall you've seen that you've seen the movie a couple of times that Eric's big thing is going to get the beer for the boys. Yes. Well, Anthony actually went to go get the beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Far across the street, yeah. and and I, you know, and I just I dropped the ball. I was like, man, because in Pennsylvania you have to go to a government store to yeah. get beer. They're called
0: state stores, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, and and I just, for whatever reason, I just because uh, probably because we were shooting overnights. Yeah, I I just forgot to get beer. And there's a bar right across the street from the gas station uh, called Nick's. I'll give a little plug for Nick's. uh, Absolutely. And uh, and Anthony's like, wait a minute, don't they have beer over there? I was like, yeah, they got beer, but I don't think they have a case. So he went over there, and Got beer for the boys, literally. <laughs>
0: yeah. I heard that story from a little birdie. Like I said, a little birdie told me. Um, so that wasn't, you know, it wasn't unprovoked. It was it was actually a deliberate question. Um let's talk a little bit. Jordan, let's talk about the character of uh of MJ, Mary Jane. Um she is the love interest or or Supposedly, love interest of um, of our uh, our hero of the story, Mister Austin Morris, um, played brilliantly by Nick Stozer. And I like Nick; he's a heck of a character. Um, he is a character. <laughs> <young Yeah>. man. <laughs> Funny kid. Um, mm-hmm. what, it was your first time working with Nick.
3: Yes. Okay.
0: Perfect. Let's talk about. Having to create this relationship out of pretty much nothing. Yeah. Okay. So how do you do this? You're so, you meet the guy for the first time. the <laughs> so, hi, I'm Jordan. Let's kiss.
5: Uh,
3: <laughs> I with most people. No. We um, Nick started FaceTiming uh, during just the pre-production process. I was living in Hawaii at the time, and he was in New York, and. Yeah, we just started FaceTiming to kind of like build a friendship and build chemistry. And by the time we got to set, I feel like we had kind of gone through all those those questions of just getting to know someone, we're able to connect um, quicker. But that first night we all got in, we got in on December 8th, it was my birthday, I remember. And we were starting shooting the next day, so we wanted to stay up the whole night so we could start adjusting to, to shooting at night. So we were shooting like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., Um, so the whole cast, I mean, we, we just went into Nick's room that night and all just stayed up talking and bonding and, and that night particularly, I think it was so formative in building chemistry, not only with Nick, but with with everyone on set. Um, I had the privilege of knowing Brooke and Landon before filming that. So we already had our chemistry going as friends, but bringing in Jared and Anthony and Nick and Erin it was, yeah, I think that night was, was really important to spend time and God, we had so much fun. Like, it just felt like summer camp. Like you would just be, I don't know, goofing around all night. I, I, Anthony, I just found a video of us. Um, seeing we were in the hotel room, seeing who could like slide in their socks for this. I, like, <laughs> oh, well,
4: I don't even remember that. But there are so many like uh, just moments that people will share like nine months later of videos of us doing some yeah. of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I totally forgot we did all of this. And thing.
3: we were delirious. We weren't sleeping. Yeah,
4: we were delirious. <laughs> And there were, so, there were so many two moments of, like, us as, a as like, especially the six of us, like, running and, stuff and talking about the characters. But there were, like, equally as many moments of us doing ridiculous, dumb stuff that had nothing to do with the movie. And, like, there's, like, just like what Jordan just said. It's, like, it just brings such a fond memory of, like, how delirious we were for that whole time to
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anthony. When you're when you're on a, a new set, how do you bond? How do you prepare to work with uh, with your prospective new cast? And uh, do you have any little particular quirks that you that you um, engage in? uh when
4: when we actually got so so i had this was the first time i had like made this request but i felt like it was important because of the character i had told luke the director i didn't really want to do any rehearsals pre getting there like once we got there i said use me as much as you need but sort of like on zoom leading up because i i i just wanted there to be a distance between like eric and everybody else so i could treat them i don't know just so i can have some like fun spontaneous moments of really being in a jerk to these guys. Um yes. and it just helped with that thing. But then when I got there, I was also as Anthony was like bummed because it felt like the five of them were like so tight. And I'm like, oh man, they're all friends. Now I gotta just sit here alone in this hotel for six days. They're all um so that's
0: that's kind of why I asked you because I heard that you you're kind of the protagonist of the story. And you were also
4: maybe they, Protagonist? You mean, or you mean antagonist? Do you mean the bad guy or the good guy?
0: No, I'm. I, I no, not the bad guy. I don't mean the antagonist. Oh, you mean the
4: good guy? Talk to me. What do you mean? <laughs> okay,
0: here, here's what what I mean by that. There, we're going to see a, a clip tonight. It's a critical clip. It's the turning point in, in my opinion. And Brandon, you may or or may not agree with me. I think you'll agree with me. It's the turning point in the film where we finally see vulnerability from our you know, gun wielding, you know, menace here,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, Jimmy, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Jimmy is this, you know, tough guy wannabe, right. That all comes to a crashing halt based on what you say and what you do. I'm not going to give it away right now, but we're going to see a little clip in a bit. So, do, do you, do you find it helpful for you to kind of remove yourself a bit to create a, a little, like a little head space for yourself?
4: Uh, I think it depends on the role. If I like, so when I was saying I didn't really want to do a lot of rehearsals, it was more for the pre big monologue at the end from Eric. It was more for that. Like first scene I had where I just am thrown stuff in Nick's face and being a jerk to everybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once we got there, that all sort of went out the, the window anyway because I did rehearse so much with them. And, like, mm-hmm. I ended up getting so close with them before we even started filming. Like Jordan talked about, the night we got in, I'm pretty sure it was before we filmed anything. Right, Jordan, the night yeah. you're talking? Yeah. So it was before we filmed anything. So all of this, like, okay, I'm going to try to just stay in my own thing until we start filming, right. went away because we mm-hmm. spent the whole night just talking about life and yeah. The ups and downs of the career and everything in between. So um I don't know. It's hard to have quirks when you're on set because like I never would be the guy to be like playing the sort of bad guy and then be like, I gotta stay in character nonstop and treat you bad. And I would never do that. So like I, I have need- a
0: friend of mine. I'm gonna yeah. tell you a little something, Anthony. I have a friend of mine um who's a, a very well known film actor who got his mm-hmm. start in pro wrestling. That my background is interestingly enough, professional <laughs> wrestling ego. Um, he has this particular quirk. That's why I asked you if you had any quirks. Um, he has to play with a role of quarters. I don't know why, mm. but it, he connects to a role of quarters. He has to play with a role of quarters while he's on set and before he does a scene. There's something calming about that to him, to play with you know, this change in his hands. Um, Jordan, do you have any weird quirks like that?
3: I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like when I'm working on set, I like to get involved with my environment as much, whether that is involving some type of like prop thing. I feel like that grounds me into a scene really well. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a quirk like he does of like moments before set. Sometimes music, especially if it's an emotional scene, I can just go into my own world and headphones and music is something that affects me so much as an actor and, and an artist. Um, so finding something that's in a similar tone of the material I'm about to work on. Yeah. But no, I don't think I have any any physical course mm-hmm. yet. OK, well, yeah, questions for you.
1: Uh, yes, I was going to ask Anthony, uh, you know how you were saying that you all you know were talking and everything the night before the set uh, during the movie. Did anybody play any practical jokes on each other? That was so funny that. You have um, to remember.
4: <laughs> for me, I, I really, I, I mean, we we busted Nick's chops a good, <laughs> a good amount throughout that whole. Yeah, but I will tell you, most of the like pranks, if I were to do something, would mm-hmm. be on camera to Nick. Like I would, especially be, like when I'm still just sort of like the light, goofy, guy, and not like serious at the end. Like I would just always try to make Nick laugh on camera as much mm-hmm. as I could, which actually helped just keep things fun for me. But um, yeah, I would do a, like the stuff I, there's a scene where I throw a lot of stuff in his face. <laughs> I think I was just trying to make Brooke laugh, but that's not like in the script. So I was, I just would screw around a lot with Nick, but it would always be recording. So we got like really good, I'm only interacting with him for like 10, maybe total minutes of the movie, but it feels like such a fun relationship we have because we, we kept it so loose and i was sort of i guess playing pranks on him like while recording but in terms of anything off camera i don't think so i mean jordan maybe i'm forgetting something but we just busted nick's job
0: all the time. <laughs>
4: yeah i don't know if those pranks or just us being people
0: to believe, but either way yeah jordan how did the females on the set get along with each other you, you often hear particularly um on a small set that um, that some of the women can be catty to each other. Mm. Yeah, it believe it or not, I'm not making yeah, no question. I believe it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was close friends with Brooke prior, so there were no curveballs thrown there. But um yeah, me and Brooke, we only had one day working together on set, which is the big group scene. All of yeah. my other scenes are just with Nick. Um but that that scene that we're all in together. No, there was no yeah. I mean, in in the scene, me and Brooke have this animosity towards each other and this this catty girl moment when we're in character. Uh, yeah. but no out of character. It was so fun getting to work with her because we had been, you know, putting up our own things during during quarantine and like rehearsing plays in her apartment, but yeah. we had never actually like really worked with each other and seen seen each other work on camera. So that was Really fun. But yeah, definitely a, a rare experience that I'd argue, that I'd known her prior to going into it. So we had just a good good banter and good.
0: Beautiful. Brandon, questions. Um put your producer hat on for half a second. Um let's talk a little bit about uh the the shooting schedule. Um it was as we said, it was on location, New Cumberland PA December on the east coast. Not known for its warmest weather. Um, let's talk about um, the, the the shooting schedule. How long of a shoot was it? Uh, did you work? Tell us what you, your primary schedule was. Did you work mostly at night? Um, how, how did all this transpire?
2: Yeah, it was uh, the entire movie was shot uh, overnights. Um, so it was two weeks of overnights. Twelve days, actually, we, we shot this movie. Now, uh, you may be thinking to yourself, 12 days. Wow, that's really cramped. And and it is. It is really, really cramped for a feature film. Um, However, we did a couple things to make sure that we were able to meet that deadline. Uh, One, the director is used to working commercials. That's what he does for a living. So he's used to working and condensing information And getting the most out of his actors in a short amount of time. Oh, boy. Which is awesome. (laughs) Uh, The second thing we did was we built into the schedule about an hour and a half to two hours every night. Again, because we were the only ones in the hotel, we could use their conference room and block out the the, the gas station. So every night uh, for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, we would have a rehearsal with the director in, in in a mocked up gas station before we went to set. Yeah. So that helped out. And I didn't know this until like day six, but the actors themselves were so professional that before they got to that rehearsal, they had already been rehearsing for mm-hmm. about two or three hours on their own, which talks with to you, their with each other, with yeah. each other in, in each While other's room. Yeah. So that's <laughs> definitely speaks well, to their bravo. professionalism. Yeah, absolutely. And we oh, had a kick. And honestly, we had we had the most kick-ass ad, uh, the assistant director Neva, who feared no one. She's like a four-foot-two little Indian uh, girl, feared no one, and she was awesome. <laughs> and she kept us on schedule too.
0: Look, you know, when you're four foot nothing, you know, you got to make up for it somehow. <laughs> You know, what you lack in size, you make up in sheer ass-kicking attitude.
2: (laughs) And she had it. Take it from
0: me. And Anthony, we're going to take a look at your pivotal scene in the film. Mm. Um, I'm not going to set it up. I'm going to play it, and then we'll talk about it after. Can we do that?
4: Sure, yeah. Let's roll it. Am I going to...
3: Look. Look at me!
4: I've only got about 10 minutes before I pass out. Oh my god, oh my god. No, 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 no. No, god. Uh, Here's the game plan. Jennifer? Jimmy? Take me to the car. Jennifer? Since you're not high on God knows what, you drive. Jimmy, bring the gun. What? He didn't shoot me. Did you? I... Say it with me, Jimmy! I didn't shoot him. I didn't mean to... Jimmy, hey. Look at me. I don't have time for this. No, say it! WITH ME, JIMMY! I DIDN'T SHOOT HIM! Someone came in to rob the old quality market. Naturally, I stood up to that person. They shot me and ran off. Jimmy over here picked up the gun. Right? Jimmy? You picked up the gun? Yeah. Austin? You, I need you to get all this money off the ground. We don't know where the money came yes, from. Where, yes, we do. A bullet hit the ATM
5: and short-circuited it. He's right. I, uh, I saw it. Of course I'm right. So you need to get the money back inside. Oh, how are we supposed to do that? Uh, there's probably a way, I'm sure. I'm going to race the tapes.
4: Don't think no, there's no, no, no. If, if there's nothing missing, Austin, then it doesn't matter that the case
0: no. no. That was an amazing scene. Thank you. That was Thank an amazing you. scene. We talk about uh, the, the last time we had um, uh, Landon here, and we were talking about his character. Jimmy spends the entire film wanting to use this gun. Would you agree with that, Brandon?
2: Uh, He's just itching to use it, right? Well, Jimmy thinks that the world is going to end and that he needs it. So he thinks he is going to have to use it. Even to the point where
0: Officer Scott was in the mini-mart and behind him, Jimmy's brandishing his weapon,
2: right? Well, I I think that uh, once again goes back to what Landon was saying about the character, that every time he's with a group he's posturing he's yes showing that he you know it's not real the real jimmy basically yeah so he that was a point where he is posturing yeah
0: and it was it was uh, the character of eric anthony's portrayal of eric that shows that vulnerability here's the guy who, who takes a bullet to the shoulder you know he's not—he's clearly not mortally wounded. He's got you know an, a a brace wound, so but he's still cognizant and coherent. So uh, Anthony, let's talk about Eric in that moment. Um, you're clearly the catalyst for that scene and what transpires next. Um, as roles go, it's a small role. But it's critical. Talk to me about the importance of that role to you.
4: It's so funny uh, because I loved the role and the character, even when when I had like signed on to it, or I think right when I was cast, it was actually I, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, but by the time I had originally agreed, it was just that first beer scene for Eric, and yeah. then I think through rewrites, and I was like, okay, it's a super tiny role at that point. But I was still like, okay, there's a fun character and I could do a lot of fun things with it. And then that gun scene got, or that scene that we just watched got added after I had agreed, which I was very happy about, even just selfishly to have like a cool moment. But I think that it's the, I like I've done cool leads in indie stuff and I've done like network roles or whatever, but I think it's my favorite character because of how much fun I had with it. But also because it was a nice challenge to play a sort of 90s jock that we've always seen before. Granted, I'm much shorter than most of the other jocks that we've seen, so that was interesting. But also, like, that moment that we watched, really, you don't ever see a stereotypical, like, jock, high school or football guy have a moment like that in a film. So I was very happy with the arc the character goes on from sort of being this, like, douchey, bravado-driven jock who's so insecure to, like, a guy who really does in a way like pull the group together and have this moment of leadership. And like throughout most of the film, you see Eric is sort of like an idiot who's full of himself. But then in that moment you actually get to see why he was a good football player too, because he sort of is able to handle pressure and able to like tell people what to do. Um, So yeah, I just think it was a, it was a very interesting take on a very, very, very stereotypical
2: jockey character luke actually came to me um after we we had already cast him he was the first one to be cast um that luke and i definitely agreed okay yeah he's it he's it. and you were like maybe that i don't know like the first five tapes that we looked at yeah and yeah. i was like oh dude you gotta watch this guy <laughs> so through through you know as we were doing the rewrites uh luke came to me and he's like you know I, I think this actor can do a little more than the stereotypical jock you know jock douche what do you think we should do here and then he presented me with his idea and i was like dude that's 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 gold yeah uh, because it does round out the character a little bit more and it does give him that leadership role and if you listen to what he says in the, you know, in, in one certain part, you'll realize that maybe sometime in the past uh, he might've blown the big game. And this was sort of his chance to, to make up for that.
0: We have a question from uh, one of my, uh, my cohorts from the world of pro wrestling. Who's your favorite screenwriter and producer? This is for anybody who wants to take it. It's an open question.
3: Um, I think Jordan, for, how about
0: you? We'll go with you yeah, first.
3: For screenwriting, he's also directs as well. But Damien Chazelle is one of my favorites, and he does Whiplash, La La Land. He's now doing um, what's called Babylon with Margot Robbie. Yeah. Um, he Whiplash was a really formative film for me, wanting to be an actor. Um, but I love, yeah, I love his approach with screenwriting and directing. And then probably, I the Hunger Games movie franchise growing up was oh, yeah. really. So special to me. It was my first time, I think, realizing it's my first time seeing such a big film that felt so attainable as a young actress. It's led by young actors, and I've always loved the like dystopic sci fi world. That I was did
0: you want of. to be Katniss when you grew up? Oh yeah,
3: a hundred percent. But so Nina, Nina Jacobson at Color Force produces those, and amongst a million other wonderful films. So I would say she's definitely someone I admire.
0: Anthony, how about you? Fa- favorite writer, producer?
4: Yeah, my so my answer is like very stereotypical New York Italian actor, but Paul <laughs> Schrader, who wrote Scorsese's Taxi Driver, he wrote Raging Bull, which is like oh, yeah. my all-time favorite film. Um, in terms of like, and he's still writing stuff now, but some of the most like formative uh, films that really inspire me and, and got me into filmmaking um, were written by Paul Schrader. And obviously... I'm a Scorsese guy. I mean, I don't even tell you that. If I'm from New York and I'm Italian, you know that already. You you (laughs) better
0: uh, be because we'll kick you out of the club. I know, I know, I know.
4: Yeah, but so I would say Paul Strader, in terms of like the his, some very historic films. And then currently, I don't like, there are films that I love more than his, but I think there's so much to learn from Aaron Sorkin's writing style. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so unique in that maybe some of his like stuff isn't my favorite, although he's so, like, I love his movies. Um, but his writing specifically is so unique and so obvious when you hear dialogue that's from a guy like Aaron Sorkin. And I think, um, I would obviously put him up there just in terms of how much you can learn from his dialogue.
0: Okay. We're going to take another look at a, a clip here. Um, I think this might be Aaron. I mean, no, I'm, maybe it's Aaron. I don't to, I know she's not here tonight, but let's take a look. Yeah, this is Aaron's scene. I gotta give Erin a shout out. She was supposed to be here with us tonight. So, in honor of her commitment to the show, we're gonna show her clip. Long
5: night? I'm fine. Golds, please. Coming right up. It's gonna be 425. I got exact. I'm impressed. Experience right there.
0: Looks like your little girlfriend's mad.
5: Not my girlfriend. Maybe she was, and now she's not, or maybe we still are. Couldn't tell you. I just think that you should... Mom. Please stop. Okay. So just the cigarettes? Yeah, just these things.
3: I'll be at the Pioneer if you need me.
5: Sounds good. I'm leaving your father. Wow. Tomorrow, first thing. What? What well, kind of what? Like I don't, I don't know no, what. No, that, or... that's that's cool. But really, I want you to be there. Where? At the prison, if, if you want. Why? Just if you want. Mom, I don't want to spend the first day of the new millennium in well, a I new I just prison thought you know. my, It's a no. I'm not going to do that. You got to do what you got to do, and you got to do it by yourself, kid.
0: Harry's a smart kid. Smart ass, but still smart. That'll get you in trouble someday.
5: Thanks. Don't you need to get a drink with your friends?
0: Yeah, I should grab a
5: drink. Uh, You should grab a turbo cola. Mm.
0: Hmm. All right. Jordan! Let's yeah. take a look at you. Yeah.
5: Ah. MJ.
3: Called your house? You're working here all night?
5: Yeah. Rhonda's kid is sick. That's why he's working. It's so. Sick.
3: So the world's about to end and you're working at Quality Mark.
5: Yeah, well, I don't really have a choice. Also, it pays double, so.
3: Mm, right. The biggest party in the history of this shitty town versus. An
5: extra $2 down. Hey, $2 adds up over time. Why does she have a duffel bag?
3: I can't this to the party. I need a change, and then Jimmy's gonna come pick me up.
5: Wait, Jimmy's coming here?
3: Yeah. What's wrong with you guys?
5: Nothing, nothing. It's just we haven't seen him since he got kicked out, so it right. might be. My parents awkward.
3: were really freaked when he actually didn't come home. I doubt it'll last. What's that she flavors to you?
5: Uh, orange and cherry.
3: Whoa, slow down. So many choices.
5: Jimmy can't be here, you now. That's why I need to make sure he goes to the party and stays there. He hates Dane. He hates me. He doesn't hate you. He hates everyone. He only hates people in a meta sense. It's not real. We won't turn off! <laughs> Let's watch out for Jimmy. Broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I meant to put up a sign, but I couldn't find the tape.
3: So much excitement already. It's not even 9 p.m. How do you do it?
5: Uh, bravery. Mm. Street smarts. Right. Oh. The right training can definitely help.
3: that
5: will do it. I need to get a mop bucket. How long does it take to flush the machine? I, uh, mm-hmm. I still need to get the. Okay. Uh, I'll be. Yeah.
0: Okay, I have two questions about that scene. All right. Who cleaned up the mess, and where'd you get the Burger King uniform?
3: (laughs) Neva cleaned up the mess, I believe. And the Burger King, we found a vintage 19, I think it was actually from the 1970s or 80s.
0: You found a circa 99 Burger King uniform? Yeah. Wow. wow, that's yeah, crazy. That
3: was, a, that was a good one. Luke, I think, yeah, I think Luke had sent it to me. He had found it somewhere, and he was like, do you like this? So I was like, I love it, and it was my yeah. size and everything.
0: <laughs> Brandon, where did you guys find a Burger King uniform?
2: I have no idea. That was completely it was on, it was on, on, it was on Oh, Etsy. was that Luke's thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's Luke, a website Luke called Etsy, it on Etsy where
3: individual people can sell things they have. It's like an eBay, but for wow. curated crafted goods. I should
0: have asked him. He was here last week. I could have asked him. I forgot to ask him.
3: It's great. I still
0: have it. I love it. Well, I had so much fun last week. I mean, half the questions I wanted to ask went out the window. We were just bullshitting, <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about, uh, oh, I gotta turn it over to Amelia. I've been, I'm, Amelia, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. You can talk
1: for me. That's okay, because going back to the Etsy and the, uh, yeah, you can get a lot of things like people want to sell on eBay, things like that from vintage. And you also had to find the right cars, things like that, and the right phones. People would donate. Sometimes they even would put it in a set just to even get their names mentioned in the movies. And did you guys have a lot of people who want to donate stuff for the movie or?
2: We did. Um, Eric's, Eric's Vintage 1996 Everything okay with the sound there? Sorry. Yeah, that uh, Eric's,
0: one, That's Amelia's headphone. It likes to short out every once in a while.
2: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, um, Eric's vintage 1996 Mustang, wow. Pre oh just God. beautiful condition. Somebody donated that to us from the next town over, and uh, that's remarkable. Thank you, Miss Needig, uh, for <laughs> for donating the uh, the Mustang. Uh, somebody also donated the cop car uh, from also from the same town, next town over at Mechanicsburg. Uh, we threw Mechanicsburg a bone. You may have heard our line in the movie Mechanicsville, Michigan. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as Mechanicsville, Michigan. Uh, yeah. But we wanted to pay homage to uh, Mechanicsburg, which is a local a local small town
0: <laughs> well i want to pay tribute right now to brandon keaton let's take a look at something here real quick
5: hey do you know my mom excuse me she's five five blonde woman uh supposedly hot mindy clearball well, morris but yeah yeah of
2: course i know how is she she's good Ola gonna win big there? What? <laughs> Under the bottle cap. I won well, a hat last week.
5: Yeah me too. I, I just haven't received it yet.
2: Well your odds look pretty good. That's, uh, that's a lot of pop.
5: Yeah it's for the uh, party at the fallout shelter. I mean uh, <laughs> really small. Just a few friends. Only, only sodas. You should come by.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Say hi to your mom for me.
0: Beautiful. And that was the scene where you, you told us last week you were petrified.
2: I was. I was I was terrified. These guys are good. and They really are. I had only been acting for six months, and I wanted to not be the weak link.
0: <laughs> well, talk to me about the, the process of um, assembling this ensemble cast. Uh, how many people uh, did you have uh, table readings uh, as did. normal?
2: Did you have a table we reading? Uh, there were thirteen hundred applicants uh, mm-hmm. per part. Uh, I don't. Oh, damn. Each part got thirteen hundred applicants. Oh, that we had that we had to, uh, we had to uh, wade through, um, and we whittled it down to a top ten. Both Luke and I yeah. uh, separately, and we did it separately. Uh, the cool thing was, is that 60 to 80% of the time, our top tens matched out of 1300. So wow. that tells you how close we were as far as vision goes for this film. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, it was just a ma- Then the top 10, everybody got, um, everybody got an audition that we sent the top 10 of each part sides. And, um, then we whittled it down from there. Basically, um, the real, I guess, casting came on the second callback. So we asked them to do a scene, and some of them were wonderful. But then, when we asked them to switch it up a little bit, you know, some people were not able to make that switch, and and that I, I would say that got rid of a, probably about seventy percent of who we were looking for. Wow. Um, So, you know, once we got down to, you know, a final three, then, uh, then we had our final callback and it was just like, we wanted again, because it was COVID, we wanted the top three of each character to be able to pull off the part. Right. Because we didn't, we didn't, we, it was just a contingency plan and it actually happened. We actually had to implement it. Yeah, uh, one for one of the characters, Swerski. Yeah, um, the the guy who we cast originally as Swierski, uh, he had to drop out uh, for, mm-hmm. for COVID reasons. But he he did a wonderful thing and he let us know three months before we started shooting. He didn't wait until the last minute, which which makes me want to work with him more now.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, call it, you know, uh, fate or serendipity. But Jared was brilliant. So- fucking brilliant as <laughs> Tversky. He was great. He was oh, remarkable. Amazing. And it's Jared great. became my new closest best friend last week, in case you missed that show.
4: The, um, wait, let me just shout out Jared real quick, because he's also yes, one of my please, best absolutely. friends. He's one of my best friends, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah, I agree. Like, It's crazy that it was never not going to be him. We, we got lucky having him. But also, it's like one of the first things he's done on camera and so, yeah, for him to like have such a pivotal role in the movie and crush it and just be such a natural, it's like I just want to give him a big shout out because he really is so amazing in this film.
0: It's, it's funny, Anthony, you say that because last see when, when I when I do an interview, I go in knowing an awful lot about who I'm going to talk to. Um, I knew that there were two people that was their first time in front of a camera. I knew Jarrett was one of them uh, and I knew I I knew that day that the cinematographer was the other who's not used to being in, in front of the camera. Oh
4: yeah that little scene yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, Kurt. Um, great great guy and I forgot his name already Brandon I, I apologize. Dennis but, was the
2: cinematographer. De- um, thank you. Yes. Kurt,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Kurt oh, was okay. uh, was the cameraman. Yeah. Okay, that's it.
0: Um yeah yeah it would it I don't think and I'll be honest with you I don't think it would have been the same movie without Jared it he just brought that it factor it had to be Nick and it had to be Jared and it had to be Anthony and Jordan and Aaron it had to be that cast and Brooke and Landon that was the ensemble cast I have to tell you my friend, the, someone came to me and asked me to put a bug in your ear, and I'll tell you off camera who. But someone said, "Turbo Cola 2 the day after, <laughs> and they're already writing a script to get me to get to you. <laughs> I can't make this up. They're all they're already writing a sequel to your movie.
2: That- Tell him not to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But the the idea is there. Turbo Cola 2. It's got to be a part two somewhere. We have to find out what happens to Eric. You know, we got to find out. You know, we, we are left with the implied idea that Austin takes the money and runs. But we don't know. You know, we don't know. Does she fall in love with MJ or does she tell him to go to the curb? We don't know any of this stuff. So there's there's gotta be some kind of maybe an answer in, a, in perhaps a sequel. And you're yeah. not saying the fucking thing are you? Yeah. <laughs> Rand's got
4: tongue tied to some contractual things that he doesn't want to speak about. So, I hear uh, you,
0: absolutely. <laughs> that means silence in this business means there's a part two working somewhere. <laughs> no,
2: no, there's not He's writing an Eric movie where it's just me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right.
2: And, and, and mo- mo- if I could switch the subject here, here here's, sure. what, here's what I love about this cast. And you mentioned that it had to be, you know, Eric, it had to be Anthony. It had to be Jordan. Uh Anthony just did a short film and both Nick and Jared were in it. <laughs> they just wrapped last weekend. <laughs> That's right. They did me a huge solid too. And
4: Brandon's going to help me uh, with some producing stuff when we have it sort of finalized. But
2: yeah, everybody wants to work together again.
0: And I can't blame them. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. Um, there are few films that I believe wholeheartedly in uh, because largely I believe there's a lot of crap being thrown at us with no originality uh, and and nothing to, to sink your teeth into. There, there's nothing to bite into anymore. Um, I was asked to write a review for um, Rotten Tomatoes, which I did and I, I read it to uh, Brandon before the show. Um, let's talk a little bit about What's next for each of you? So, Brandon, I'll start with you and we'll go around the horn. What's next? Besides, there's not going to be a Turbo Cola
2: too. <laughs> Uh Luke and I are, are looking to work together again on something that Luke wrote. Um, I did not get uh, I did, didn't get to answer your previous question about screenwriters oh. and yeah. whatnot. My favorite screenwriters are people who also direct their what they write. So Kevin Smith, Tarantino, I, I appreciate those guys because there's less middlemen in the creative vision. And, and that's what I, that's what I, uh, we're, <laughs> the next thing we're going to work on with Luke, uh, is a little, uh, 80s kids on bikes, uh, horror thriller. And, uh, that's what we're trying to get money for now. Uh, we're talking to some investors and hopefully somebody will, uh, you know, pony up some cash and, uh, we'll be able to get this project done. You and let me know uh,
0: if I can help you with that. Well, this show has a very, very dear friend who lives, eats, breathes, and sleeps horror. Um, I'll tell you off camera his name, and I will I will hook you up with him. Um, I told you, we got a lot of friends in the movie business. A lot of, <laughs> um, so, um,
2: So that's what go. we're working on next.
0: Okay. Anthony, what do you got? What's coming up next for you, and how can people reach you on your social? Do you have any uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of that fun stuff?
4: Yeah, I got an Instagram. Uh, it's the only thing I sort of—it's the only social media platform I use uh, mostly. It's uh, Anthony Notarelli, just my name. Very there under me, very Italian. you will take it a couple <laughs> times to spell Notarelli right, but once you get it, follow me. Um, yeah, I got some. I had a very uh, exciting booking in LA recently through my, uh, my agent and I can't do the NDA stuff. You know, I, I feel like it's so cringy to say I can't talk about it, but I just, I'm so close to shooting this thing that I would hate if my big mouth got me in trouble now.
0: Yeah, no, um, don't jinx so it. Brother. It's an exciting
4: thing though. And if you sure. follow me on Instagram, eventually you will find out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wrapped yeah. a short film, a SAG short film that I, Uh, acted and I directed and I wrote as well. And it went amazing. And so I'll be over the summer really knee deep in uh, the post-production process for that. And then I got a SAG feature that's about to wrap as well. Um, So some cool network things, some cool independent things. And honestly, though, I just hope that I get to work with... This is no BS. Like I really (laughs) hope that I get to work with everybody who is involved in this project again, whether it's on the same thing or just... Throughout life, we sort of find each other. But man, I hope the next projects I do all involve somebody in some way from Turbo Cola.
0: Oh, I I hope so too. i, I have to see those guys again. Maybe Turbo Cola two. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna bust your chops, Brandon. <laughs> Jordan, what's next for Jordan Denning? What, yeah, uh, I what have that some. Going on?
3: I've got some things that I wrapped that are be that should be coming out soon. Um, the quickest thing to come out, I believe, will be. I'm in an episode of Animal Kingdom opposite Dennis Leary. So that was fun. That's coming out in yeah. July. And then I've Beautiful. done um, two features since then that are both in post-production. Um, the and discussion materials. Um Terrific. discussion materials I wrapped at the beginning like March, I think we wrapped that. And then um yeah, so that and and I'm in the early pre-production process of something that I'm writing um with a friend. So that is an exciting new feat for
0: me. <laughs> it's amazing how many people, Brandon, how many young actors these days want to do everything. They want to act, produce, write. They want to be totally immersed in every aspect of the business. You never saw that years ago.
2: No, And it, it makes complete sense, though, if you think about it. Because... It really
0: does. Is that is that a new phenomenon?
2: Well, it, it, like it is. This it's generation? a generation. Fairly... Yeah, it's a fairly new phenomenon, but if you think about it, it makes complete sense. There, Mm -hmm. this new generation's coming up on YouTube and TikTok, and
4: you know they're making their own
2: videos and content anyway. True. So why not take it to the next level and 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 see what you can do with it? And they're and they're unafraid to do it. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, if you're going to be in this business, you got to have, you know, a steel set of cojones. You know.
2: Yeah. You got to have
0: brass
3: with the writing thing I think as an actor it is such a it's such an industry that can feel really powerless like you are like there are these gatekeepers and I think a lot of actors now that we have access obviously to creating our own content in a way that we didn't Mm -hmm. before but I think at least for me there's such a sense of control and productivity um yeah feeling like you kind of have autonomy and, and don't have to be waiting or relying on other people I feel like it's a very common threat through our generation, not just wanting to like sit and wait for a phone to ring, but just yeah. taking the tools yeah. we have and, you know, the producers we've worked with and like trying to put all the pieces together to, to make our own things and kind of.
0: Well, I'll tell you why well, I, I can't wait to see everybody's next project. Amelia, yes. tell everybody's what's next for us. What we got coming up kid
1: on June 29th and 30th. We got uh junior coming on for Michael Jackson, part two and three. And on July 5th, we have a Conspiracy Theory episodes coming on. And also we have on July 7th, we have Angelo Capone. He is a uh, Jerry Lewis impersonator. And we have a special surprise guest coming on that day.
0: Angelo Capone is, in fact, the country's leading Jerry Lewis impersonator. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't call himself an impressionist. He is a Jerry Lewis tribute artist. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a remarkable talent and proud to say he's a friend of mine right um we have uh and i'm going to announce it next week but we have a game changing guest yes. coming on the show in september
1: mm-hmm. this is and how far
0: i had the book him in advance for the show
1: and also we have on july 10th actually we have somebody's birthday coming up my birthday coming yes. up <laughs> yes yes and I'm then on... to celebrate
0: my birthday by bringing yeah. some remarkable guests on.
1: Yeah, and July twelfth. So far, we have a gentleman by the name of Thomas Ryan. He is a New Jersey film director.
0: He is a New yeah. Jersey-based film director who I am one of the people I'm going to hook up Brandon Keaton with. Um, so, but that's just one of them. I got a couple of that's people. I'm gonna of... give Brandon. Mm-hmm. So when you guys, when we get off, the stay where you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. If you have commitments, you can go. But, Brandon, I'm going to keep you here for a minute. Yeah, um, yeah we got a lot happening. Uh, September is going to be a game-changing month. I have a the mother of all guests coming <laughs> on. I can't say anything yet. I okay. am, I'm not allowed to say anything until we're two weeks out.
1: Absolutely.
0: But this was an amazing episode. Thank you to my friend, <laughs> He's right here in our chat room, Jimmy Shans. They call him Jimmy Thunder from Down Under. He is our man in Australia and New Zealand. He brought us the news today. We are number one in Australia and number one in New Zealand. That's real. That's that's that no BS. That's for real. Um, and we are just shy of the 400,000 mark for episode <laughs> one of Turbo Cola. So mm-hmm. let's see what episode two does. We have yes, uh, absolutely. And i oh, go ahead, Amelia. I'm sorry, dear.
1: Oh, also, if you uh, haven't yet, please uh be a uh, come to our group. Uh, What's the buzz group? We have oh, yes. that and yes, do that. Yeah, tell
0: everybody where please they can Please become out.
1: a member of our group. It's a brand new group that we started up as well.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, and, and grow rapidly. Instagram.
1: Too. Yes, and on uh, Instagram. Um, I
0: also want people to support Tobrukholins. So, yes, rent the movie, Buy the merch merchandise One thing that I do on this show and I'm offered free merch all the time. I buy merch because I believe in my guests and I believe in their their product. I uh, Amelia and I have purchased Turbo Cola t-shirts and that uh, we will wear them proudly and I want everybody if you uh, if you have Amazon or Netflix or any any uh, pay service there's actually a movie theater not far from me that's actually showing Turbo Cola it's actually being shown on the big screen in selected the theaters.
1: It will be um, showing in Tampa very soon as well at the old movie theater that we yeah. have in Tampa. It's it gonna be sure uh, all the previews. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Brandon, Absolutely.
1: Say again, Jordan?
3: I said, Brandon, is it playing in LA anywhere? Or California?
4: Or New York?
0: <laughs> or New York, yeah. <laughs> I
4: didn't and know. I
1: know we're gonna be watching it as I well on TV. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I'm, <laughs> but, not, yeah, I, I'm not supposed I will, to say yet
1: <laughs> I, I
0: encourage everyone to, uh, to go out And support this film financially Don't just give it a thumbs up Spend some money on it It's the little film that could and did um, We know a little something About that Five years ago this podcast was a dream Four and a half years ago it became A reality So uh, we went from virtually nothing To literally now Broadcasting to, to more than 300,000 people consecutively on any given night. Um, I'm honored that, that you believe in us, that you spend your time and energy with us. So on behalf of my audience, thank you. And we love yeah. you for Amelia, Absolutely. for Brandon, for Jordan Denning, for Anthony Notarelli. I'm Mad Dog Scipio. Take care, everybody. So yeah, we see you, you next time, continue to ask the question. What's the buzz?